Hello and welcome back to Cartridge Cinema Club, a podcast that is ostensibly about video game movies and the like. Uh, this is episode 116. My name is Mark Champlin. Today, as always, I am joined by Alex Wallace. How are we doing today? How is it going, girls and gays? We are we are back after a brief hiatus, and uh, we are here with uh, quite possibly the most perfect Cartridge Cinema Club uh, show possible. <laughs> I think... It really, the show's got it all. It's got, it's got nice looking 2D animation for us to talk about and talk about how we like that. It's, it's got CGI from 2003, which we love. Uh, it's got a bunch of, uh, queer subtext that we're going to read way too much into. Uh, <laughs> it's, it really, uh, encompasses everything that we're about and everything that we love, uh, here on Cartridge Cinema Club. So, uh, what did we watch <laughs> this week, Mark? Uh, so we watched Code Lyoko. Um, it is a highly requested by <laughs> the fandom, um, French sci-fi animated television series created by Thomas Romain and Tanya Palumbo and produced by Moonscoop Group. And it premiered on France 3. So once again, this is a French show. Um, it, it was localized and for some reason, it's on Netflix now, which is cool. This is I, this is the type of show that you would expect us to have to jump through several uh, virus-inducing hoops to watch. <laughs> but it's actually just up in its original resolution on Netflix, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about high school kids and virtual reality. The scenes in the real world have hand-drawn backgrounds combined with 2D computer animation for characters and moving objects. Um, It's got like a real mid-2000s look when it comes to that. Uh, The scenes in the virtual world are presented in uh, 3D CGI animation. (laughs) Uh, We watched the first three episodes. Um, It's (laughs) You wrote in here that this show could have its own podcast. (laughs) It really could. Which is 100% true. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, I, um, I was watching this and yeah. thinking, man, I this I am te- I'm like, if watching this made me tempted to make a spinoff podcast where I just watch Code Lyoko. Probably not with you, but no, it, I wouldn't be the best partner for that. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> you'll. I'm sure there's plenty of people who would enjoy that, but yeah, man, I, I I I pieced out after you know two and a half episodes, being like, you know. I get it, <laughs> but you, you had a lot more fun with it. I think. Yeah, I think I think we should at least come back to this at some point uh, because of course I do know that uh, because uh, yeah we only watched the first three episodes and there is a lot going on in this show. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I have read on the Code Lyoko wiki uh, that the the final season of Code Lyoko, uh, rather than having the real world be two D animation and the the virtual reality world be three D animation. Instead, the real world is live action. <laughs> yeah, so I need to see that, and I need and to see that. I need to see how they how they make all the all the all the queer trans animated characters. Uh, I, I want to see if that translates to live action as well as uh, as well as I would hope. Yeah, because it's boy. Yeah, we, we, we're gonna get into it. Lots to talk about here. I'm a, I apologize if I'm a little bit scatterbrained today because Code Lyoko is also a little bit scatterbrained, um, and so it, it's a little bit hard to it's a little bit hard to center yourself around this uh, around this television program. But I'm gonna do my there best some, here. There's some proper nouns in this show that after at the first few episodes you still don't really understand it's one of those (laughs) yeah um i actually 
uh, I actually had to look up after, like, the second episode um, if this was one of those shows where, like, they made a whole batch of episodes that they had mm-hmm. an intended storytelling order for, uh, and then a bunch of executives went, no, the show has to start with the episode where the big bear attacks the prom night because that's a big, exciting episode that will get people interested in the show, which is a thing that happens a lot. Shows get aired out of order pretty often, especially, uh, you know, kid shows and cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so I and looked into it, and the answer is no. Uh, it, that was not the case. Uh, the... There is a very strong uh, in medias res aspect of Code Lyoko. Um, it's. Do, do you want to explain to the uninitiated what that kind of means? <laughs> God, yeah, I don't even. Okay, yeah. Um, so that that just means the story begins and we are we are we are beginning with no origin story we are beginning with no preamble we get into it and the characters are already in it it's it's yes. sort of like a story that feels like it starts in the second act uh mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh star wars does this <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's not uh, and it's it's not like very typical for like a children's cartoon yeah like, like the batman cartoon begins with bruce wayne becoming batman yeah this is not that this is not that yeah so i'm gonna i want to kind of like outline where you start in this show um so there's a a a group of trans kids (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's um, canon i don't i'm not reading the wiki yeah i'm like i'm sorry look at them just look look at at them look at the main four characters in this show and tell me that they're cis people we'll we'll (laughs) talk about this at length later but yeah there's a group of trans kids uh they all go to this boarding school um, and they secretly, uh, have this giant supercomputer in a basement, uh, of, like, an abandoned factory that they go to, um, that they, they skateboard to, um, because they're trans, uh, and it lets them, uh, and it lets, and that, and they can g- go there and go to virtual reality world. Um, so the show doesn't, I would not say that there is a protagonist, it's more of, like, an ensemble cast kind of thing, um, but Jeremy uh, is the is the smart hacker kid, uh, and he and it he is sort of central to the plot in that uh, he is trying to help his video game GF uh, become real. <laughs> so there is a girl named Ailita who has pink hair and lives inside the computer world, um, and we don't really know why, uh, based on the first three episodes, uh, and we don't really know. How, like, if she, like, I, it, I think it seems like she's not human in the traditional sense, but Jeremy wants, Jeremy is, like, raising his hand in science class, ask, asking the chemistry teacher, like, hey, uh, do you know if there's a way to convert uh, virtual particles into material reality? <laughs> um, so, so that's going on. Um, and all of this is, like, well-established and seems to have been going on for some time at the start of the show. Like, it seems like they're very used to the fact that they go to this virtual world pretty often and hang out in this factory with this supercomputer. Um, and so, uh, there's a, there's an evil spirit or, like, a computer virus or, I don't know, uh, he's called Z- or is it he who cares uh there is an evil entity called xana that we know very little about at this point um except that he can do fuck shit uh by activating towers in the virtual world 
I don't know what it means to activate a tower. We just know that when Xana activates a tower, <laughs> that's a bad thing. Xana um, is, he, he's like the, they, they do use masculine pronouns for, okay, for him, I, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess we won't misgender the computer virus. Uh, but yeah, l- th- this thing, he's like the, he's like, remember Scooby-Doo and the cyber chase? Yeah. He, he basically does things like that, except on a more dangerous scale. He yeah. like will infect the fucking power grid of the world and cause blackouts and do 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 bad yeah, shit. Yeah, so like the the the, pre- the like the premise of of the show at least so far is like every episode Xana activates a tower and all of our favorite little gay kids are like getting up to some petty high school drama and then they're like, "Oh shit, Xana is getting up to some fuck shit." And when Xana and when Xana activates a tower, it means that he can like just like blow up a nuclear power plant or like <laughs> send evil ghost smoke after people um and so they have to go into the virtual world um and find the tower that he activated and then jeremy's video game gf alita uh can go inside the tower and then she can and then she goes in the tower and she goes up like an elevator and she types in code lyoko and then when she types in code lyoko it like reloads a save state of the world i guess this just happens in the fir- at the end of the first episode. No. Like it she it's no just, explanation. They just get to the tower at the end, and it's like, okay, Alita, do your thing. And then she goes in there and types in code Lyoko, and everyone's like, Alright, time to go back to the past. And then like a thing happens, like a big white flash happens, and then they're like they they reload to the, the, the beginning of the episode. And that just happens and is not explained, and then that just keeps happening. Um, right. The, so the whole thing is like, they, they go back in time to like the event, uh, the like butterfly effect style event that set off this latest Xana attack. And then they do whatever would not make that happen. Yeah. And it's like, none of the mechanics of this are really explained to you at all. Um, (laughs) and like the method of storytelling for the show is basically to just like repeat this narrative over and over again until you start to pick up like what is going on and how it works um which is confusing in a lot of ways um but also kind of cool and we'll talk about that but first uh let's 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 uh mark how did you feel about this one you've been kind of it's <laughs> keep it so, keep it okay. in the pocket for a bit let's hear it i just i have I have a lower tolerance for kids stuff than you, I think. Um, I It's just not a show for me, um, which, but obviously that's like a boring take on a podcast about kids shows. Um, so obviously that's not like my entire take. Uh, I, I, I think that I will give my positives, of course, anytime that a kid's show makes bold choices when it comes to narrative structure, I, I respect it whether or not I think it works. And, um, I think this does, you know, work to a certain extent. Um, I, I like that it doesn't hold your hand. However, uh, personally me as a lover of like the matrix reloaded Wachowski style, (laughs) expository philosophical dialogue scenes, 
Um, this felt like it was begging for just like one or two of those. And maybe those come later in the show. It's, it's a failure of the medium where we watch, you know, three episodes of a thing and, and we don't get the whole the whole, yeah. you know, you know spectrum I, I, of this I wanna, show. I want to say this out loud at least once on the podcast. I want to be very clear. The purpose of Cartridge Cinema Club is not to be thorough. The yeah. purpose <laughs> of Cartridge Cinema Club is to have an interesting conversation for like 20 to 45 minutes. Right. You know? And the only time we've ever been thorough, ironically, is when we have watched all of the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! And, season one. And, and all of Yu-Gi-Oh! season one, because we were just like, fuck, remember Yu-Gi-Oh! That shit was tight. Which, yeah. You, what you might do with this show, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. It didn't have, you know, I, I think Adventure Time and uh, you were talking about Steven Universe. Um, mm-hmm. Those comparisons are are apt uh, to this type of show in that they're both type of the they both kind of don't hold your hands and yeah. uh, explore some some more mature topics uh it just this, this one's kind just of from an have... earlier era though you know yeah it's 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 exactly it's it's from an earlier era before um before like the post irony cartoon yeah. era and like before um, you could be reasonably expected to watch every episode of a show right exactly like like adventure time like you need to know these fucking like characters from you need to know what happened in season one yeah. before you understand like the finale of season three. Yeah, and they, they know because... that you're gonna do that. They know that that's exactly. how people consume television now. And like uh-huh. when Code Lyoko came out in 2003, that was not like that was starting to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in children's animation was like that was just barely starting to be a thing, you know, like gargoyles yep. and that batman oh, yeah. show were coming out mm-hmm. around this time and like it was it was starting to be something that you could do in children's television like sort of tell a serial narrative that that like has actual themes with weight uh that go yeah. somewhere um but yeah th- this show definitely still is of the era where there's a there's a hard status quo reset at the end of every yeah. episode yeah, and then it's like because they have to, like the because yeah. that was just the medium at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I don't know. I think there's, I think that there is a lot to like here. But I it, it appeals to a lot of aesthetic sensibilities of mine. This is definitely like a very right. rare situation where I am a lot more positive on something uh, than Mark is. <laughs> Usually it's like yeah. Mark and I get on here, and if it's something that Mark was like sort of all right on, and I'm pissed about, I can usually talk him down. <laughs> but <by the> yeah. <end. laughs> This is um, very true. This is a talent that you possess. Yeah. I'm really good at ruining things for people. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. There's a lot of aesthetic aspects of this that I really like. Um, I mentioned earlier, like, the backgrounds in this are, like, the, the CG backgrounds, not so much. But the, the in the 2D animation scenes, the uh, hand-drawn backgrounds are, like, incredibly detailed and look very, like, lived in. Like, the school looks like a real place where people go to school. It's, that's a little bit, like, scratched up and a little bit messy. Um, I, I love the character designs, which we're going to talk about at length later. Uh, I do want to briefly address the elephant in the room, which is the foreheads. Um, oh yeah, this is the the thing, right? This like, is like I, the thing, I I I didn't cause... I didn't know that these characters were from this show, but I've seen these characters online and been like, yeah. what's up with those fucked up forehead yeah. characters? Uh, it's um, 
it is a choice. <laughs> I will say. Like, uh, if you haven't seen what the characters of Code Lyoko look like, uh, just look that up briefly. Just, uh, they just decided that all of the kids should just have massive foreheads. Um, and, like, I don't know, it's definitely weird, but it is distinctive. And I don't dislike the way the characters look in this show, like, at all. I actually really like the way the characters look. So mm-hmm. it, it, like, I don't know, it definitely catches your attention. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, The Weekenders or, like, yeah. old Nickelodeon shows, like, like rocket-powered, kind of. It's, it's, it, it's, it's a choice that, I guess, isn't as uncommon as you'd think, but it's just very distinctive here. Yeah, and then, and then of course, there's the, the CGI scenes, um, which aren't good, obviously. <laughs> it, was a tele- it was a television program for kids made in 2003, so obviously right. they look like dog shit. Um, but they went for it. And at the time, I don't know, it fe- it feels admirable that they went for it. And I like that, I don't know, I love when, like, I love when people are trying to create things with first-generation or second-generation technology, like, early stuff that doesn't look great and doesn't sound great or whatever, um, and sort of build context around it to, to justify the limitations of the technology, you know? So, like, the fact that all of the CGI looks like shit, it's like, well, they're in the virtual world. <laughs> it's supposed to right. look like that, because they're in the computer. Yeah, it works. Like, I think, it, I think, because it is jarring when they go fr- between the two, and I, it's effective, I think, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, um... One of the things that I think I liked about this a lot more than you is that uh, I really like that the characters are, like, believably shitty high school kids in this. Um, Like, there is, like, this is one of those uh, things where, like, there is a ridiculous, like, world apocalypse sci-fi story happening right parallel alongside, like, petty high school romance bullshit. Um, and the characters treat those two things with, like, the exact same level of importance, you yes, know? they certainly um, do. And I love that because that's what high school kids are like. Um, I don't know, like, I think the, the kids come off as, like, believably friends. Um, they, like, joke with each other and make fun of each other, but not in, like, super mean ways in the way that kids who are friends do. I don't know, like... I like the tone of this, and I think it has good vibes. Like, I just, I enjoyed watching it because it's just cool and weird, and the characters are goofy and fun. Um, I would say that the, <laughs> I don't know, like, with the, with the, with the pacing thing, it's like, we talked about Steven Universe earlier, and it's like, I'm okay with that because I'm okay with, a show like Steven Universe where you don't even know what the premise is until like 50 episodes into the show. Um, and like, it spends the entire like first season, uh, just sort of hinting at how the lore works, but mostly just putting the characters in like mundane sitcom situation. It's just like, okay, I guess he lives at the beach with his weird aunts who are fairies or something. And then like, you don't even know about like all of the sci-fi story stuff in that show until like you've spent a long time, like marinating with the characters. Um, and then when the weird stuff happens, it feel- feels really weird. You know, this is not that cause the weird stuff is happening from the, from the get go. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's like you said, it's bold. And like yes. most kids shows just would not do it like this. Like Mm-mm. it it's it's a show that like kind of just expects you to be able to 
keep up with what's going on and be okay with the fact that something might happen and you not you might not understand it by the end of the episode. There's yeah. no fish out of water protagonist in this. No. In this yeah, I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Like all all of the kids are just like, yeah, this is just what we do. <laughs> and like it we have no idea how they got to the point of like becoming the 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 people who are responsible for this supercomputer in this factory and fighting this like world-ending demigod. But they're they're here and they're doing it and they're skating around and yeah. they're being really they, trans. They, they do they do be riding their scooters though. <laughs> yeah, they I do be that. skateboarding to the fucking cemetery. Uh, the, the, as it were. The the fact that the the nerdy hacker kid rides a scooter while everybody else rides a skateboard. Mm, primo so aesthetic good. choices. Yeah, um, I like that. So I let's uh let's let's get down to business here. Um. The, like, <laughs> group of nerdy high school queer kids energy coming off of the protagonists of this show mm-hmm. is, like... These are, the, these are the cool band kids who are, also, who are also gay or trans. Yeah, it's, um... Okay, before, before we get into this, I, I would like to just say, yes, we are reading into this. I don't believe that yeah. any of this is intentional because it was made for children in 2003 when most cis people just didn't even know what a trans person was. <laughs> you know, um, I think that this is just one of the, the the classic blunder of when they, when like cis out of touch adults try to make characters that look cool, they just end up making characters that look really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Which... it's also the case that like, this is the type of shit that, like, that, like, people who are trans girls now watched as a yeah. kid and, and, and developed their sense of style from. So yeah. it's a weird cyclical thing where, like, we go back now and we look and be like, oh, that's gay. But <laughs> that's because we as the gays, like, watched this shit as kids and thought, man, that shit's cool. <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to look, look like, like a normie. <laughs> yeah, I want to look like the goth girl from Daddy Phantom. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I want to look like uh, like Shigo, like like yeah. like every every trans girl at some point goes through a Shigo face. Yeah. Um. So I think I think the only thing to do here is just go down the list of characters, uh, yep. like the the mm-hmm. main uh cast, and just uh talk through what kind of queer they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we got Yumi, who's the aforementioned trans goth. Oh my god! This okay. If you have a girl in your friend group who wears boots and is taller than everyone else mm-hmm. <laughs> and goes to prom wearing thigh highs and a miniskirt. That's some shit I would do. <laughs> You've got a trans fan. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. She, I mean, what else can you say? Like, it's like, it's like, it's like what you said, like trans girls saw Yubi and Kodalioko were like, damn. <laughs> I could be her. I'm also taller than all of my friends, but I also want to be pretty and goth. Yep. And then yeah, they, and then they did, and it's beautiful. Um, God, it it odd has to be the most queer looking character design in a children's television program I have ever seen in my fucking life. 
It's like, first of all, their name is Odd, which is only a name that a non-binary person would give themselves. Yeah, like, no one's parents names them Odd. You become, <laughs> you choose to be Odd. It's like, it's like all those jokes on, like, TikTok or whatever. It's like, here's my, here's my non-binary friends. Their names are Dirt, <laughs> Sky. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, they, like... They are like the they are like the little bastard non-binary gang. Like, yep, yep, yep. Just a just a just a smarmy little shit that just is a chaos, wearing it's that a chaos is wearing creature that is wearing a purple long sleeve crop top with like another top underneath it, and then mm-hmm. like purple bell bottoms, and then he and then he has his hair like swooped up with like a purple streak through it. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what the fuck are their names? <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Tanya and, and yeah. Thomas. Cis people do not dress like that. C- cis people don't become cat boys who shoot lasers <laughs> from their paws God. in the virtual world. When he goes into the virtual world, he literally becomes a cat boy. <laughs> he like he like gets like big paws and like a tail and like it's the great. little like the little like whisker lines on his face it's it's the best it's it i it, like he has like the 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 paw he he his hands look like like furry costume paw, yeah they, like they look like they literally yeah, look they like, look like fursuit paws that he's wearing yes that's right right yeah um then we have Ulrich, uh who i mean this kid cut his hair for the first time like three months ago and is living for it i mean just like yeah, yep <laughs> and also has that um I mean, yeah. I, I guess I guess we'll say real quick. Like trans people don't have to look a certain way. Or uh, so th- this. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope this is obvious to everyone listening that the, these are just happen to fall into certain tropes that we find yeah, funny and, and also mean, like, to be true. Somewhat. You know, when when straight people sit there and say like, "I have a gay dar," gay people look like this and act like this. That's homophobia. When we as queer people sit here and be yeah. like, these characters look <laughs> queer as fuck. That's us, uh, like, you know, picking up on like signaling, you know. Yeah. When 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 we look at Ulrich and we see the and we see the 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 baggy pants and the oversized flannel and the bad and the bad haircut, we're like, oh, that's that's a recent trans mask. Like that's <laughs> he's working on it. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's, he's just working on it shit. out right now. He doesn't like he doesn't he hasn't been able to find clothes that fit him yet. Like he's gonna get there though. Yeah. Because they're just in high school. It's beautiful. Yep. Yeah. And then you have Jeremy, who you know like ten years later is gonna be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I sure was uh. hanging out with the only other trans kids at school. Uh and also uh <laughs> I can't think of anyone on this podcast who would relate to that. <laughs> you know, it's funny because there's like there's there's two different experiences. It's either like you you in high school you were the one straight kid who was friends with all of the other gay kids, and then later you were like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like all of you thought you were straight, <laughs> and then like over the course of the next like five to ten years, it's just a continuous oh <laughs> over mm-hmm. and over again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's Jeremy. <laughs> that's that's Jeremy. I mean, I don't know. Cis slash straight people don't have virtual reality girlfriends and, and grow up cis and straight. It's just it's just the way 
yeah the cookie crumbles uh, yeah the virtual reality girlfriend the uh girl with pink hair whose entire story is about how she wants to transition into a physical body and and how she's uncomfortable being in in the virtual space hmm I couldn't. Po- it couldn't possibly mean anything more than couldn't. that. that there, there's no subtext there. Uh, how about the fact that like every when they go into the virtual world, like every character like gets to take on a, a more idealized form of themselves uh, that looks cool, and it's like the you know in the same way that like magical girl shit is very trans. Yeah. This feels yeah. Well, I don't in know. the same in the same way as like when when one of us like like fucking plays pokemon or animal crossing and then just becomes like a weird like queer like extravagant uh, version of yourself yeah (laughs) yeah 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 i don't know uh (laughs) it's it's funny when cis people i mean we presume i guess we can't know for sure but i I, again maybe Maybe there's something to everything we're saying. There, there is something here, but probably not. Like, I'm reading a bunch into this. Like, the show, the, the text doesn't, like, really support what we're saying here. It's mostly, like, an aesthetic thing. Um, but, yeah, I do think it's funny when, like, cis people sort of stumble into to queer themes. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Oh like, my god! Kingdom right, Heart, like it's things that have uh things that have homophobic and gay energy at the same time. <laughs> Where like P- Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh I don't know. Also, there's the fact that the 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 shitty uh rival uh high school girl is named Sissy. Like spelled like sis. I mean, I don't think it's spelled like sis. I and also, it was. like Maybe you know, this goes wrong. both ways because sissy can also be a slur for trans yeah. people. But I choose to read it as she, because she's definitely the cis girl. <laughs> and, all of these, all the main characters uh, are they were on the bu- all the on the down with sis bus yeah. uh, from the Tumblr era, and they <laughs> and they beat up all the straight people in the school. Yeah. Along with their, uh, along with their himbo gym coach, who plays yeah, the trombone. I, I do like the himbo gym coach who plays the trombone. We didn't, yeah. we didn't give Jim his due, but he's he, yeah, that he's is a real, a he's a real meathead. He's a real meathead with a heart of gold. And he, <laughs> yeah. Been, but by, by God, has he been classically trained in jazz? Yeah, for it's some really. Reason. I don't know. I I really <laughs> like the bit where like, it's that episode about like them starting a band. And early on in the episode, like, uh, the principal's like, you guys have to have open auditions for everybody. And the gym teacher shows up and he's just like, you guys need a slide trombone player? And they're like, uh, not really. It's, it's like a rock band, not like a brass band. Um, and then like, you know, they do the whole, they go through the whole fucking, uh, rigmarole of the episode and reset everything back to the beginning. And, uh, this time they let him play the trombone in the band with him and he's killing it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Stuff like that. It's like, I don't know. The show is very endearing in a lot of ways. Like, I think if you, if you have a, a, a stomach for this type of like goofy kid show shit, I think it's, uh, I think it's worth like a watch or worth a, worth a mm-hmm. background. It's a good it on. one of those. Yeah. So you can occasionally glance over and be like, what the fuck is going on? Man, the show looks so gay. If you, if you like, if you like Digimon and also haven't seen this somehow, you will, you'll, yeah, this, like you'll if lose you, your shit. This is great. For yeah. That. If you have never, like if you are into that type of thing and you have not seen Code Lyoko, you should definitely watch it. Cause it's, yeah. It's uh, it's really something. Uh, only other thing I'm gonna say that I uh, this is my only real like criticism of this show. Um, don't like how uh, Yumi's virtual world self uh, is like a geisha. 
Yeah, didn't we have like a geisha? Yeah, that like happened on lasagna cat costume. too last week. What the? F stop! Stop stereotyping Asian people as just being geishas. What the? F it's yeah, her her character could have could have been anything else. Yeah, it like it's cool. Her the fact that she is Japanese is like not central to her character at all. Like her name is Yumi, no. but it's not like it's like. You know, it's not like a, a, her storyline is the fact that she is culturally Japanese and she has some sort of plot line about that. It's just like, she just is a geisha when she yeah. goes to the virtual world. It's really... Uh... I Yeah, they could have done something like, I don't know. I don't feel like her being a geisha, it could possibly be like justified. Maybe if no. she was like... I mean, I was thinking. I was thinking like, well, if she maybe she was like a ninja, but then in real life she was like super into anime and like had a bunch of kunai hanging up in her room, and she was just one of those kids who likes anime a lot. I yeah, guess. but it's there's just there's just no like why a geisha anyway. Yeah, it's... it doesn't like match her aesthetic either. No. Like she's like pretty explicitly the goth girl, and then they just yeah, like, she, yeah it's... she should have been like a goth roller derby girl who like throws dodgeballs or something. <laughs> yeah, like, like she should have been... been cool. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. That didn't come in until the third episode, and I was like, man, fuck, mm -hmm. hate that, hate that. Chain retcon that. Make Code Lyoko better. Give Yumi like a cool goth girl virtual world <laughs> form. She was robbed. My girl yes. was robbed. Uh, <laughs> God, I think that's all I got. Anything else you want to say about Code Lyoko? Uh, no, it's 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 Digimon, but gayer. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> Digimon was already pretty gay. Uh, right. We're taking everything. We're I'm listen. I cis people, straight people. Down I'm taking cis. everything that you have and I'm rubbing my grubby little trans hands all over it. You Down can't have anything cis. anymore. I'm taking everything from you. Nope. Especially yes, I'm an evil left wing she sheep bull working for the deep state here to force your wives to get abortions, etc. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. What are we watching next week? Oh man. Okay. I'm so so out we got to. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize if this was a bit of a. Bit of a roller coaster. I've just is. It's been. I'm. I'm it's, tired this morning. It's early in the morning, and the show was weird. What can yeah. you say? Um. So next week we're watching a little show called Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet. Um. I guess. I guess Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet is the name of the first season, and it's going to be called Mythic Quest something else for the second season. So, okay. So this one's going to be a doozy. Uh. This is an American uh comedy show. Um, it's streaming on Apple TV Plus, um, which is uh, uh, a thing, a, a, a streaming service that, that that none of New you have. New one of these ugly motherfuckers every day. They have to. It's like it's something creep. Some creep comes out from under my bed when I have to hit him with a shovel. These yeah. fucking streaming services just can't get rid of them. Only on Peacock. Um, yeah. So this one's on Apple TV Plus. Um, it's starring Rob McElhaney. Um, you know him as. Uh, Fuck, what's his name on the show? Mac. Uh, yes, he's Mac on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, the show is co-written um, by Rob and uh, Charlie Day, you know as Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, who also, they, the two of them write a majority of the, the early episodes of Always Sunny as well. So anyway, it's a, it's a series from 2020. It's very recent. Um, basically... Uh, I've I've seen the first couple episodes of this, and um, I'll I think we should just watch the first three in a row because they really cut to the core of <laughs> of the reason this is an interesting uh, show for the 
an interesting show for uh, Cartridge Cinema Club. So this show takes place at a video game development studio. Uh, they are developing a game called Mythic Quest, and their their latest DLC uh, come, uh, batch is coming out, and it's called Raven's Banquet. Um, this is basically, it's World of Warcraft, essentially, or any sort of large-scale MMO. Destiny is a good um, is a good thing to compare it to as well. Um, and it's very current. It's very modern. It's very 2020. Like there's like streamers who are playing their game and they, and they have to appeal to the streamers to get sales. Um, the, the thing that makes this interesting is that this show is uh, co-produced by Ubisoft. <laughs> like this show is essentially, it's a comedy television series. Um, but that's just like the, the rapper that, that the video game industry propaganda comes in. <laughs> there's like queer characters. There's like good representation. There's there's a lot of decent funny bits. Always su- a lot of always sunny. Um, and community actors are in this. Um, it, it it was it seemed decent until you really start like thinking about like what the what the premise is. Like oh they're crunching a lot. Like oh they're <laughs> there's a lot of like. Fucked up shit going on with the yeah, microtransactions. When you explain and, this show to yeah. me uh, after watching it, it sounds like basically it is like an extended propaganda piece for why it's okay for the games industry to have labor violations. That's literally what it is, and we're gonna watch the the first two or three episodes of this, and it it's extremely obvious from the first couple episodes. And I'm bummed because like I wanted to like this show. I was like, oh, they finally is because at first I was like, oh, it's like a realistically. Like, they clearly know what video games are like. It's not one of those, like, cheesy things. So I was like, oh, okay, this is decent. And then I was like, oh, they really, this is really accurate, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I won't get into it much more because we'll have plenty to talk about next week. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're watching. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Looking forward to that. You know, yeah. yeah. Last time we last time we watched a live action show uh, based in the real life video game industry, it was the it was the uh, it was the Game Grumps one where they said a bunch of slurs. So yeah, uh huh. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? Uh, you can find us at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. That's Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked in the pin post of the Twitter. You should be able to find it, no problem. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite uh, podcasting app. Just some of the places you can listen to us or find us or download us. Uh, you can rate us if you like it. That would be nice. That helps us. Uh, music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. For me, it was Tuesday. Fuck cops. Don't join the military. Fuck Joe Biden. Fucking bombing syria hey hey let's let's give him a break it's only been his a couple weeks yeah he has he needs to figure out some time you know he needs some time to figure out uh that imperialism uh is entirely necessary uh in order to maintain the status quo of the united states he he got sat down in that chair he was like listen up jack we need (laughs) we need money and the only way that we maintain our money is to maintain our imperialism. Yep. So Got to maintain global American hegemony. That's actually much more important. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. We, like, this is basically the conversation that we were having about a year ago on this podcast when Donald Trump did the same fucking thing. Yep. Crazy how that, crazy how that happens. 
I'm sorry, y'all. I'm tired. I can't do this. I can't. They, I can't. I can't. They, I can't give you a sober political analysis right now. It's fucking. They, it's, fuck they what they're doing in Haiti, propping yeah. up dictators while yeah, the people are trying that's... to topple fascists there. Oh God, fuck Africom. The, the list goes on. I'm gonna listen to No Name's new song. It's good. Oh shit! There's a new No Name song. I've no been song. I, I've been I've been sick and like out of it. Uh, so the only news that I took in this week was that they announced some Pokemon games, which I guess yeah, is, one of that, which that's... looked like awful, and one of which looked intriguing. <laughs> yeah, one of which looked bad, and the other one of which looked like it's going to and they're gonna fuck it up i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah well like legends is the when they showed legends it was like the first time that it, in like in like years probably like probably since like when they showed mario odyssey for the first time that like nintendo has showed a video game that has made me go okay yeah mm-hmm. what okay like what let let's see what you got because if because if this is good um it's good like i hate the, i hate to admit this because y'all know that I, I, I do not love to, uh, you know, uh, uncritically engage with uh, mainstream pop culture because it is a cesspit. But, yeah. I, and I hate that they have me like this, but if they knock it out of the park with this fucking Pokemon game, it's going to be one of my favorite games of all, of all time, so, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and I, will be, I will be paying money to produce more Post Malone concerts. <laughs> Yeah, you'll th- this will this be the first game that that makes you buy DLC? <laughs> Time oh will tell. man, I don't know. And then, uh, I'm tired. We that that's got to be a podcast. I'm sorry. That's a podcast. <laughs> I really feel like I couldn't bring my A game today. I was just like, oh man, I am. I've just been exhausted for no, weeks. No, I feel like I feel like uh, that's a podcast. Brian. That's a podcast. <laughs> I'm hitting stop. Done.